Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? They're there. There, talk to them. Good. Can I? Yeah. I would love you to. Can I really? You know how I feel. Can I swear? I'm, I'm, for, absolutely. Ask your friends over here. All right. Fuck you. <laughs> the Rogue of Wrestling, Michael Newman. Excuse me, Mr. Announcer, sir. Uh, I don't identify as male. Uh, mm-hmm. Today, I identify as an elephant. And the New Jersey kid, Joe Sheehan. Uh, sir, we do not identify by weight. <laughs> that is prejudicial. <laughs> You're listening to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to, let's just say, a spooky edition of the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> that right there, scaring the shit out of me, was my tag team partner, the Rogue of Wrestling, Mr. Michael Newman, and I am your New Jersey kid, Joe Sheehan. That that was quite a scare there, you gave me, Newman. Boo! So uh, that's what the WWE writers did this week. They just booed at us. Because <laughs> it was shit this week. Yeah, I there was a lot of shit. I think probably the one with the most culminated uh dense shit has gotta be two oh five live. I gotta hats off to just how bad some of that shit was this week. <laughs> uh, and I love how like so we were discussing like literally right before we uh started recording this was that they just don't do well on holiday weeks. So like why try? Yeah, it's like cl- you know, it's really interesting. So every one of the matches that they had that were these, like, really, you know, gimmicky, Halloween-themed matches, like, the crowd just shat on all of them. Well, yeah. I mean, they were really bad, and they should be shat on. But, like, even to the level that it was like, look, nobody appreciates this. Mm-hmm. Because think about, like, especially on Tuesday, those people paid money to go to WWE on Halloween. Now, granted, mm-hmm. that's a dumb move by those people, but... <laughs> yeah. Uh, they should get a good show if they're going to do that. Yeah, definitely, for sure. Um, but, you know, we, we, so we talked about this very briefly offline. I think there could be a really good idea because uh, they unfortunately did a really bad idea that's related to this with the debut of Text Too Bad. Oh, which could have been so good. In a god-awful match against Slater and Rhino. Yes. I think what they should do for these holidays, instead of having these live shows where, like, when they want to do these gimmicks, because clearly they want to do this gimmicky shit, and I get it, because they want to be very kid-friendly and kid-oriented, mm-hmm. and I think that's fine. So instead of having these live shows where, because it's like, you know what, if you still need to have a live show on that day for some reason, which would be weird, then whatever, just have a live show and let people go watch it. But as far as the TV, if you want to make it that theme, because I get it, like all the TV shows like to do themed episodes and shit, it's like part of the whole network thing. Yeah, then, exactly. How about we do everybody as Southpaw regional wrestling characters and then mm-hmm. have those themed events? So then you can have like a Halloween event. You can have a Christmas event that you, you know, pre-tape, you know, in advance sometime. And so then the talent doesn't have to be there on holidays. And then you're mm-hmm. still putting out TV. Because it's not like the fact that, I mean, it's been proven in WWE's history that live versus taped shows, there's rarely that big of a difference in the ratings, especially on a holiday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the people that are going to watch are going to watch if it's a habit of theirs. So the, the I don't understand the aversion to taping the shows ahead of time. Because, I mean, you do get some good things sometimes. Like, remember 
I think it was a couple of years ago now at this point when Alberto Del Rio ran over Santa Claus. <laughs> like he actually got heat. <laughs> a little bit. I, the, the only thing I can remember now after that was then like how crazy outraged Cena got. It was like, God damn it, you killed Santa Claus! I'm going to get you in revenge for Santa. It was like, what the fuck? Santa Claus, he was just Mick Foley just lying on a table most of the episode. Yeah. Well, dude, that was like that was like one of definitely the top uh, Cena childish ridiculous moments up there with like his whole uh, promo about like his mom canceling his World of Warcraft subscription. Like, I don't remember that one. That one is so burned in my memory <laughs> because it was so ridiculous. Like he just. Uh, I don't, something funny. I think it was in the era of the uh, anonymous raw general manager. Oh God! Something happened, and then he was like, "Baloney, fudge, and mustard." No, this is like I've never been more upset since my mom canceled my World of War subscription account. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck? That was like that was almost like Cena's uh, reigns is equivalent to like the suffering succotash. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> suffering succotash, son. But, so we, we've been very negative so far. There was a little bit of a bright side to Raw. We got a night of returns. There were so many fucking returns. Some, very advertised and highlighted. Others, not so much. Dude, Samoa Joe came back. Dirt, like, they didn't even do his entrance. Like, they had a backstage segment on during his entrance, and then he was just in the ring. It's like, oh, all right. I mean, at least he then got a promo, and then he killed Titus Worldwide, so that was fine. Yeah. Uh, so, actually, online, though, it, and I've gone, I'm going to fault WWE for this, online they showed the video of him coming to the ring, and it was fantastic. It should have been on Raw. Yeah, that's so Because I, I, walks... I felt like he was slighted. Did you feel like that was a slight? It was totally a slight, because if you watch the video online... The the whole crowd, and I mean the whole crowd, is going Joe, 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 like mm-hmm. completely cheering him being back. And granted, I think he's still a heel. Uh, it it was great to see the fans like excited that he was back. You know what? That's a good point. So you talk about it's like he's still a heel, but you know what? It's like shouldn't these characters just be who they are, and then just. You know, you can kind of work around how the crowd reacts to it. And, like, him yeah. being genuinely, like, true to his character of being just kind of like this, you know, I don't care about the crowd and I'm kind of a heel. Like, he's just sort of a mercenary and he's sort of a fighter and whatnot. Like, I think they can just learn the lesson from this, again, another Samoan named Joe. They can translate some of this over to Reigns and it's like, just let him be a little bit more heelish. And I think he'd probably just get cheered. I mean, probably there's so much of the problem with just the years of backstory that just make people hate him. But man, I think they could learn some lessons from Samoa Joe for him, for sure. But then, well, look at Joe. Like, like I just told you that they're chanting his name when he comes out. And as mm-hmm. soon as he starts cutting that promo, he's getting booed again. Because mm-hmm. he said, he told the crowd that he didn't care about them. They didn't care that he was out injured. And he was back to take down their favorite guys. And so it was just like, oh, yeah, there you go. It's been corrected. Course correction is good now. I think I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to propose something to you. I think part of the reason that the crowd boos there when they say that sort of thing is not because they're actually upset and they're like reacting to him as a heel, 
but I think they respect him so much as a performer that they know it's like, oh, okay, he's he wants us to boo. Like, this is a Which heel is, thing. So then they just that, do it. So then it's like, that's fine. That's fine. That's great. That's what you want them to do. Right. Because I think that that's a lot of what happens with Kevin Owens, too. Like, most, like sometimes I think he gets under the crowd's skin. Like, you can mm-hmm. tell sometimes when the boo is there when he really gets under their skin. But a lot of the other boos that come is more of just like, okay, like, he wants us to boo, so we're going to go. And it's like, you know, that's fine. Because then it's like, you're you're doing it right because the audience is participating in a way that is fun for them. They're part of the story. Like they're involved in the story and like, they know what they're supposed to do it and when, and you're not like begging them to do it. They just do it. Yeah. Is that the new, is that the new version of a heel? We've had this discussion a couple weeks ago of like what makes a baby face and what makes a heel in the present mm-hmm. day. Is that the new present day heel? The man that's respected or woman, sorry, mm-hmm. didn't mean to be sexist. Uh, <laughs> is the performer that is so respected that the crowd listens to what they're saying and actually reacts to that instead of going and being smarks mm-hmm. and going beyond that. I, I, I definitely think so. I think that the, the wrestling fans, like because we've become more niche of an audience now, a lot a higher percentage of the audience is smart to what's going on. Whereas mm-hmm. before it was like, at least, you know, People didn't At least a baseline or... smart, right? Like, there's right. people that don't know the backstage drama and yeah. things like that, but they at least know what I'm watching is predetermined. When, and I almost mean smart to the level that like they're, uh, like they're much more dedicated to the product, so they know the stories to a greater in-depth level. Like oh, yeah. a higher percentage of the audience knows things much more in-depth than before, where it was more casual, so the storylines had to be, or like on some level things had to be a little bit more basic because you were feeding to a larger audience now when you're catering to so much more of a niche audience things can be a little bit more niche and more nuanced and i think that's what the audience wants because when things are a little more nuanced and they really play to wwe's history and our big deals like when you've had like these glimmers of hopes like remember a couple years ago when they had like the shield and the wyatt family was like really going to go at it and like people were Mm -hmm. really getting excited because like whoa holy shit like these are two groups that have been at this point at least booked really well and then now they're coming together as like a holy shit, what's going to happen? Like when they do things that the fans are really actually interested in, they get behind it. But then there's this like this weird disconnect where they just don't, you know, understand how to do that a lot of times. But oh, I just totally lost my train of thought here for a second. No, no, no I'm, I'm following you. Yeah, I, I totally understand. With your example of the Shield and the, the Wyatts, it was just like two totally separate factions that hadn't had an interaction up in the, to that point but the fans knew enough that hey we respect both these groups that this is a huge deal the fact that they're facing off mm-hmm. and so okay i remember what my point was so um coming back to like that i think people really appreciate when people are true to their characters so mm-hmm. part of why people were really into that whole feud is, like i'm just going to go to that example again really quickly was because the Shield, all the three guys in the Shield and all three guys in the Wyatt family were incredibly dedicated to being their characters, regardless of whether that meant that they were getting booed or cheered, rather that like whether it means that they're technically face or heel. Like they were just totally into their characters and trying to be the very best that they were, and people fucking loved it. Like people even really were into the Wyatt family, even though they were heels, and they were getting booed when they would do heel stuff. But like when it came to that feud, it was like they were getting cheered on both sides. It was just so exciting. So then I think one of the things that's really different now in this hyper-modern era is because there's so much exposure that we know who these people are, I think they have to treat it almost like, 
a little bit more like these people are actors than they were ever before. And I mean that in the way that like you can really appreciate an actor, even if they almost always play a villain and you don't ever hate them. Like you just appreciate them for doing a good job as a villain. Yeah. And then you know, most actors are treated actually. Right. So then I think on some level too, cause like there's so much of like, because like these wrestlers are themselves and their characters, like there's so much of that, like in the history of the business where it's like that uh, melding between the person and the character. I think they almost need to separate that from that just a little bit because like people get so caught up in like, especially with social media, the like, like all the constant criticism of like, Oh, if they criticize my character, they're criticizing me and people are criticizing me all the time. And it's like, you know what? Just take a step back. Especially for these heels. It's like, let yourself just be a heel. And the people who are smart enough and like their opinions are worth their time are going to know that that doesn't mean you are a piece of shit. Like you can just be a heel on TV. <laughs> you know and like all these people who are like so then one of the prime examples of person that i think needs to learn this lesson is sasha banks sasha banks is like i think she's got this weird fucked up thing in her brain where she thinks that if she's a heel then people don't like her which is so far from the truth like people don't give a fuck about her comparatively now because she's such a lame-ass baby face when people fucking loved her back in NXT because she was a really good heel. Like, people can appreciate good heel work, and you can just then stay a heel. Like, Miz should not become a babyface. Keep him a heel. Yeah, he's perfect as a heel. It's almost like when the performer cares too much, like a Sasha Banks, it leads to apathy on the crowd's part. Like, when she cares too much about being cheered rather than just doing a good job and accepting that she's a good heel. Because she's a really great heel. She was excellent in NXT. Like, mm-hmm. her matches were good. Her matches are still all right. Her promos were even good back then. And her promos have been balls ever since she's a face. I think she could be a good face, but I think she just doesn't work it the right way. But I think in the meantime, stay as a heel until you can work that out. Well, I feel like all right, so it's like almost all these different performers and characters, like obviously sometimes they can grow and get better at things. But like I think there's a very definitive like like just set line for how good people can be at different roles and like so maybe with sasha banks at her very best she is a c-level baby face but she is an a-level heel mm-hmm. so let her go be a heel just like you know the same thing with like Dolph ziggler like at his very best he's like a b-level baby face on the baby face side but like he can be an a-level heel like back when he was having his like heel tear when he won money in the bank and stuff he was mm-hmm. Like, that was some really good shit. That's, like, he was such a good heel that people were appreciating it. Like, he got it back then. Like, he didn't care about getting cheered. He was just trying to do a fucking good job, and he was. It's silliness. Rant over. Rant over for now. <laughs> Gotta take a break. <laughs> uh, yeah, mean, so like, we do, wanna... do you agree? Like, do you disagree? Like, I don't know. What do you think about this? Oh, I absolutely agree. I mean, we've discussed so many characters that are better as heels than... Not that they're, like, horrible baby faces, but they're just better at being heels. And then vice versa as well. People are better at being faces than they are heels. Um, Another example I can think of is, like, Randy Orton. Um, He switches back and forth, actually. So at certain points, he's a much better heel than he is a baby face, where at other times he's a better baby face than he is a heel. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Well, and it's 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 so interesting too because at least with his character, he's I think he's we've talked about this. He's very consistent, and I like that. That like even when he turns babyface and heel, like his character is very very much the same. It's just like two different sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. He's he's not one of those guys where when they turn heel, they just become a completely different person, and it makes no sense. He'll just like tweak. He'll do slight tweaks to just turn it one way or the other. Yeah, like he just he goes a little from like. It's like the slight difference between like cocky and vicious. It's like he goes slightly more vicious, slightly more cocky. Like he's cocky as a babyface, vicious as a heel. Mm-hmm. But like they're both always right there. It's just which one is like more predominant. Because like as a heel, he'll go out of his way and be a dick to people and shit like that. Because he's, you know, wanting to make sure that he's going to win and he'll take any advantage. Whereas when he's a babyface, he's a little more confident and he's like, oh, I don't need to do that shit. <laughs> I'll just RKO your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Because like yeah. when he's a babyface, his character is that he's the RKO guy, right? Like he's just he comes in, shut the fuck up, I RKO you. Like yeah, I RKO the guy, and then I leave. It's like he's best as a babyface when he like first comes back from like say an injury, and that's when he um oh what am I thinking of? He'll like be on fire almost and like really fired up about being a babyface, but then after a while, it's just like. Nah, I want to go back to being heel. <laughs> yep. Yeah, cause he, and he's definitely, I think, a little bit overall better as a heel, for sure. Um, Someone else who's really good as a heel, Stephanie McMahon. She was back on Monday night. Mm-hmm. Basically tearing down Kurt Angle. Yeah, uh, tearing down Kurt Angle and also forcing him to lead the uh, Team Raw there. What do you think of uh, Kurt Angle being in yet another pay-per-view already? Well, when they they had him join up the Shield at the last one, and when Shane was making it SmackDown versus Raw and like was going at Kurt, I was like, "Oh, those two are going to be in the match," and that came to be. We now have Shane versus Kurt in the uh, leading the two Survivor Series teams for the two brands. So that just, I, I you know what? To be honest, I'm a little bit pissed. I feel like they should have just been the guys on the sidelines and really given these spots to other guys. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I think so too, but it's the way WWE works. Like, oh, Kurt's back? Let's use him out until there's nothing left of him. Like, that's that's so ridiculous because it's like, all right, look, we we brought him back for the Shield match. I get that that was like an emergency situation. And I, I get that one. But this is like, you don't need to do this. You have guys. Like, what are you doing here? Yeah, and so then just kind of throwing them in there is like, it's just silly because it's like I feel like it kind of dampens down and dampens down, and also it it gives you the peril of like, well, what if something goes wrong, or what if he gets hurt in this match? You know, then you're possibly jeopardizing whatever singles matches you might want to get out of him, which would honestly be a lot more valuable use of Kurt Angle mm-hmm. is a singles match or two. Like I'm trying to think of, I mean, obviously the actually the one I would want to see would be him versus Chad Gable. Oh yeah, that would be fantastic. I want to see Kurt Angle versus Chad Gable. After, of course, the uh, the crazy twist of uh, Jason Jordan somehow mixing up the or stealing the parental stuff and faking that he's Kurt Angle's son, and then Chad Chad Gable finds out he's his real son, and then this would be a culmination father son match at WrestleMania. That sounds like a WWE storyline. You know what? That's what I want. 
Call me crazy. But I you want Shaq be able to defeat Kurt Angle, his true father, <laughs> at a WrestleMania. Uh, in the main event. <laughs> oh, God, the main event. <laughs> now you're definitely crazy. No, it would, it would be in the dark match before the pre-show. <laughs> it wouldn't even make the pre-show. I was going to say, it'd be the dark match, like, not even on the pre-show. <laughs> it'd, be no the em- one. it'd be the empty arena the pre-show arena match. <laughs> the pre-pre-show match. <laughs> the pre-pre-show match. Um, we also had oh, Nia Jax returning. Here we oh. go, just a, just a full circle the joke before you go on. So it's the pre-pre-show match because uh, Chad Gable's trying to get revenge on Kurt Angle for pre-coming or yeah, pre-maturely ejaculating into his mom. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. So Nia Jax <laughs> was also back. Uh, another one that I don't think got the advertisement buzz that I think she should have gotten. No, to the level that so uh, generally I watched uh, Raw on Hulu. Mm-hmm. I had to go to YouTube to find the clip of Nia Jax coming back. They didn't even have that on the Hulu. Seriously? Yeah, like that that whole bit with like the women wasn't even fucking on the Hulu bit. Jesus. Whoever Nia, edits Nia, that show luckily, needs... neither was the text too bad match, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that... but that's understandable. Yeah, that's understandable. Uh, and then our final return was... Oh, I'm sorry, we had two more returns in the same segment. Um, Bo Dallas and Braun Strowman. Yeah, Braun Strowman's was awesome, actually. I I loved the kind of campy way that they filmed that. <laughs> like, you knew that was coming with it being Halloween week. Like, having Braun come back, I was like, he's going to come out of the trash truck. Like, he's going to mm. chase them. Like... <laughs> Yeah, like them chasing around, and then like they finally think they were gonna like, get to get away in the limo, and then all of a sudden he's there. He's just like, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was really good. Like it was. There are a lot of times when WWE does campy, and they do it really bad, but this was really good. Yeah. Oh, like the um. Did you see the backstage segment with uh, Miz and the uh, Mistraj like go into a room, and all of a sudden they're smells like trash and there's just a trash bag sitting in there and this is like brawn is back like yeah that one was i was like oh really like all right i didn't really know braun Strowman was like a mind game sort of guy i'm <laughs> just gonna leave bags of trash also because i feel like the kind of mind I'm game the braun... trash man because <laughs> yeah, i feel like the kind of like mind game braun Strowman would play would be like they would find curtis axel backstage just like dead yeah. Or something with like a note that's like you're next. Yeah. Or like I'm not finished with you. Like something like or just I'm not that he's... finished with you yet. <laughs> yeah, it's like a whole bunch of magazine cutout letters like I'm not finished with you yet. Like they try to hide this identity. It's like who the fuck do we Come on, Braun, we know you did this. <laughs> All you need to do though is just uh carry around a car door. So that's and true. Then that you're protected from you just yeah. smack his arm with the car door. <laughs> and he'll be gone for a couple weeks. <laughs> or dump him in a dump truck. Like, <laughs> no, Hey, only one week for that. He's, he's right back. So, I don't know. I think the car door, you're right, is the weakness. He's, oh. 
But uh, apparently uh, Daniel Bryan's weakness is uh, darkness. Even though he had a uh, cell phone, which has a light on it, he, <laughs> he couldn't flash it around to find either light switch or Kane yeah. attacking him. <laughs> and just as talking to someone on the phone, just like, well, they turned the lights out on me. <laughs> like, Help, they turned off the lights. <laughs> oh, man. Did they break the light switch? <laughs> Did they, like, cuff you to the floor or something? Like, I don't know, it was just so silly that it was like, how the fuck is Daniel Bryan just so easily defeated by just, oop, we close the door and turn off the lights. <laughs> the the former world champion, the guy who won the main event of WrestleMania 30, defeated. You know, he beat Triple by H and he beat Randy partner. Orton and <laughs> Batista the same night. But darkness and a closed door. You know, we might as well just like give the title to the door. I mean, he look at what a door did to Braun Strowman. <laughs> um, do you think that's how they have Daniel Bryan return to a match? Like, have him get in the <laughs> ring, the lights go out, and then he's either pinning someone or getting pinned? He's like, he's just underneath a door. Like, there's just a door in the ring. <laughs> he's just flattened underneath it. Help, oh. I'm underneath the door and I can't get up. <laughs> and then, like, somebody, like, one other, the ref just comes over and picks it up. <laughs> Not even several ring crew guys, just the one ref. He's like, oh, it's just, it's lighter than a table. Picks it up with one hand. Yeah, he, he just, like, yeah, he just flips it over. Like, he doesn't even <laughs> pick it up, he just flips it over. He's like, what the fuck, man? And he's like, I, I have some trauma. I don't know what the fuck's wrong with me. I think it was when I got locked in that room. <laughs> I'm scared of cane and doors. Or maybe or maybe it's the darkness. Is the darkness more the problem than the door? Cause then it could just be yeah. that anytime somebody like turns off the light. Because I mean that is a common problem for WWE superstars. Like they never know how to react to the lights going off. No. Like Undertaker made a career out of that, which is like, man, motherfuckers, they just turn off the light and you can sneak up on them, <laughs> choke them out. What? Why did no one who feuded with The Undertaker over all these years just bring a flashlight down to the room? <laughs> that would have been funny as shit. Somebody should have done that sometime. Just, like, caught him in a flashlight. Oh, that, I guess they should never have done that. That would have killed his character so bad. Can you imagine that? Like, they catch him with a flashlight. <laughs> He's, like, shielding his eyes, like, hissing as he runs away or something. <laughs> like some goth kid. I'm just like imagining someone just as soon as like the gong hit goes off, just like flashlight on. <laughs> I see you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, the, yeah, he sees you and all of a sudden he's like just, then just like runs away, like stumbling through the ring ropes and shit and falls to the ground. Like he's just so caught off guard because nobody's ever done that to him. And then, then he, like, break cave up because he actually fucking injures himself. Because <laughs> like, he's an old man trying to run away through these ropes all ginger. <laughs> oh, my God. Seriously, no, Alan, no one done that. <laughs> you know what? CM Punk should have been the guy to do that. <laughs> he should have used the urn to draw him out, and then when he did it, just, like, pop a flashlight in his face. Yeah. <laughs> And then just, like, chase him with it, like, not just once, but he's just like, Ah, I got you, dead man! I see you! I see you! I see you! <laughs> Tag, you're right, bitch! 
His oh, two flashlights man. throws one to the Undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, or he could try to like uh, use it like a lightsaber. <laughs> That might have been one of the funniest things we've ever thought of on this podcast. Oh, wow. How the fuck did nobody ever do that? (laughs) Undertaker's secret weakness. Flashlights. (laughs) You know what? Alright, so if if ever I get a chance to see Undertaker at like a panel at like a wrestling convention or something, I'm going to have to bring a flashlight and just shine it in his face. Just see what happens. Oh, Don't you know even what, explain the... it. Just like walk up and just be like, "Got you, dude." So that all right. So after CM Punk does it to him the second time, like so at some point, uh, you know, he'd be talking all sorts of shit, and then Undertaker would come back, and then you know he does like the uh, eyes back of the his head thing. Mm-hmm. He would do that to be immune to the flashlight because then his pupils aren't getting hit by the light. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That is as ridiculous as Sin Cara getting a push on SmackDown. <laughs> hey, if you try to take off his mask, he's going to get pissed at you. I, You know what? I will give you that. He actually did have some good fire with that. And even though the promo that he cut on Baron Corbin after it wasn't good, it was still better than every Kalisto promo. <laughs> he didn't go lucha things. He did not go lucha things. Yeah, I, I like that... Um, you know what? Actually, here's my secret hope for this. I want this to build to a hair versus mask match so we can finally shave Baron Corbin. <laughs> he's what bald. Do you want a bulb? He, he's balding so bad, dude. Oh, like, true. What the fuck? He looks terrible. <sighs> it's all that he needs to be out in the light more. He's one of those goth type kids that. <laughs> Scared of flashlights. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, he absolutely would be. You could definitely do it to him. You know, you know, actually, who I would want to do it to him, I would want Velveteen Dream. If he ever gets to the main roster, I would <laughs> want him to <laughs> spook the shit out of Baron Corbin with a flashlight. <laughs> like, have it hidden in his pants or something, and then just pulls it out. And it's like shining in his face and that, like, out treating it like a dick to try and play on what. Because I, this is, I'm assuming, uh, I assume that Baron Corbin would be really homophobic. Yeah, I can see that. But then again, dude, like, most guys are really homophobic. Maybe that's, a certain... a, maybe that's an overstatement, but I don't know. I feel like a very high percentage. I think there's also, not to get political here. I think there is a fine line between people being homophobic and people just being uh, against PDA. Or against, like, having shit, like, shoved in their face. and True, especially yeah. Especially when those things have been in someone else's pants. That's <laughs> <It's>... that's fair. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you that one. I guess you don't really have to be homophobic to not like that. <laughs> <laughs> it could just um... be generally, like, sexual assault, I guess. <laughs> now that I think about it. My bad, Baron. <laughs> You're good. Except Sinkara beat you, so... Except Sinkara's been kicking your ass lately, kind of, so... Yeah. I mean, especially at this point, he uh, sent him packing this week. Yeah. Because this was such a... Because at first it was like, you know, he got that random fluke win, and I was like, oh, okay, this is, you know, just... They're playing on Baron Corbin being the guy who 
you know, fucks shit up and squanders things. And then the next week, then he killed him. And I was like, oh, okay. And then that was the culmination. He got mad and now he killed him. But then now he came back and it's like, oh, they're still doing it. I guess this is his TV feud while he also builds a feud with Miz. And it looks like they're sticking to it. Have you seen any of those um, online promos they've done? Uh, have they been doing videos? I saw just tweets at first. Yeah, it was just like these uh, like online Twitter video things. They're really short. Okay. Just like, oh, the IC championship is better than the US championship. Yay. It was it was a little bit more than that. Like Baron Corbin okay. was just like it's like, yeah, Miz, I'm gonna beat you and yeah, you you're gonna go hide behind your pretty wife. And then Miz kind of fired back and was like, Hey Baron Corbin, you know what? That was one of the best promos you've ever cut, and that's really not saying a whole lot. And you know, usually when I cut promos, I it's all this great great shit. And then he also threw in something kinda of at the end where it was like you know, if you ever mention my wife again, like I'll knock your teeth down your throat. Like he got a little intense at the end. Miz so can, like, I mean, this is a great promo, so I'm not surprised. Yeah, he is a good promo, that's for sure. Yep. He's he's really started to figure him out these last couple of years too, I think. Like instead of just being like generally like good at delivery, he's also figured out his character. Yeah. Um who still hasn't figured out their feud is uh Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, I mean, unless it's just over now, which I guess it might be. After a two out of three falls match where... Did did yours, like, cut out of the middle fall? Yeah, well, it was that commercial or whatever for me. And it came yeah. back and was just like, oh, and this happened while you were away. And I was like, cool. <laughs> Thanks. Cool, fall during a commercial break. That That's cool. Yeah, all right. <laughs> you know, that could have been, like, the deciding fall, I guess. But I'm just going to ruin that illusion of drama there. <laughs> Yeah, wait. I mean, I mean, it's like what if what if, what if Dolph had just pinned him? Like <laughs> just, the match was over. <laughs> that would be that would be some real shafting shit. It's like we're finally gonna give you a win, just not show it on TV at all. <laughs> oh well, they just yeah, they just kind of gave it to Bobby Roode. I don't I don't get it, man. But maybe maybe this is just one of those Brock Lesnar situations where somehow. Is really great, and I just don't get it. Because clearly, some level of people are into it, but I don't know. We've discussed. It. I think people I, are just. I think it's into very it. low level. So I think it's just people are still into the entrance, and people are just into the fact that he's new onto the roster, and it's gonna die really fast unless they it, do something the other really shoe, good. The other shoe is gonna drop soon. So yeah. Uh what else did we have from SmackDown? Um, from SmackDown Live, we also got, uh, oh, you know what, to touch on oh. Ziggler in the uh, commentary for that match. Uh, you know who remembers that Dolph Ziggler was the man who defeated the Authority? Corey Graves remembers. Oh, that's because Corey Graves is the best commentator in the WWE right now. <laughs> Corey Graves remembers, just like Pepperidge Farm remembers. <laughs> Dolph Ziggler was relevant. <laughs> hey, remember when we thought he was going to get a major push? Yeah. Man, I... I've had I have two of his shirts. That's how much I like that guy. I don't buy wrestling shirts unless I really like the guy and I like the shirt. And I have had so many bouts of hope for Mr. Sparkly Pants that have just gone unanswered. And almost like your love of Bray Wyatt. Yeah, yeah, very very similar. Except <laughs> you, you know, didn't buy any Bray Wyatt shirts. <laughs> am, am I just doomed to always fall in love with these guys? Like, or is it? All right, am I always falling in love with the guys who are just never going to get pushed? Or is it because I love them that WWE knows it's like, ah, oh, fuck that. 
Like, which, which <laughs> Newman is... likes that one? Fuck that guy. I just... Where is the chicken and the egg? Like, what's happening here? Uh, you... You're, the universe is torturing you, so... Damn it. So, like, even if I... Even if I change my perspective and like the guys that they normally like... The universe like, will switch it. The, the universe will just switch it. Mm. Damn it. Do you think that... You cannot hide from the universe, Newman. <laughs> you cannot hide. Just like uh, you cannot hide from the Bludgeon Brothers who are coming for the fashion but, police. Would you think... Uh, so wait, have you seen Stranger Things? I still have not seen Stranger Things. Okay, so did you understand the uh, Stranger Things segment? I mean, like, I got it that it was a fashion police segment, but I definitely feel like I would not have gotten whatever inside jokes there mm -hmm. were. So the biggest one to get, because I thought it was the funniest, was uh, there's a character named Eleven. Okay. And so that's why they were like, is that Eleven? And then he was like, no, I'm a Ten. Oh, uh, okay. So that was why that was. Gotcha. Yeah. So, yeah, that's not ruining no spoilers or anything. It's just that that was the funniest thing. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I uh -oh. like that the well, I don't know, I, I guess I'll reserve judgment because I I think that we're going to see some cool things from the Bludger Brothers. I feel like Harper and Rowan work well as a tag team. And I think they're going to be like an improved version of the Ascension. Mhm. Mm yeah, like a lot less comedic because the like these guys actually look a lot more intimidating than connor and victor do yeah they're and a better match ripoffs of legion of doom well that was man they fucked that up on the main roster because they weren't legion of doom down at nxt yeah like they were the ascension in nxt <laughs> like wwe has not like they there have been so many really bad main roster transfers that i just i do not get it it's insane there's been more failures than successes yeah that's sad. That's sad to think. <laughs> it's it's even more sad that's true. But yeah. Uh, uh, and but yeah, like Bludgeon Brothers, I think it'll be cool. And you know what? I'm excited that it's like maybe this will finally lead to a match of Fashion Police actually having a match again. That would be good. Yeah, that'd be nice instead of just like, clips. I mean, the clips are entertaining, but... Yeah, the clips are entertaining as fuck, but I would also like them to lead to matches. Because, I mean, Fandango's alright, but Tyler Breeze is a good wrestler. I would yeah. see him wrestle, please. I think Vandango could be a great wrestler if they just gave him the freedom. I think he's definitely good enough that he can work it in that tag team. Like he's yeah, yeah, good enough to do some of those spots and carry his part of the match. But then I, don't, I think I think Breeze is better though for sure. Mm. Uh, and the final thing for me for SmackDown is unsurprisingly Kevin Owens did not make it onto the Survivor Series team. Instead, mm. Shinsuke Nakamura beat him. And I also see... Who do you see? So we got uh, Styles and Rusev next week. Who do you see winning that one? Well, I don't I don't know if that's going to happen now because they announced that uh, Styles is fighting um, Jinder next week for the title. And so then Rusev put something online saying that like because the match didn't happen, he won automatically. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Great move by Rusev. Well, you know what I think is going to happen instead? I think because we... Well, because we saw Rusev and Biggie have a match this week, right? And Rusev uh, won think... rematch, and it's for the final spot on the team. Now, do you think Rusev? So you think Biggie takes it then? Because since Rusev won, oh yeah, give it to Biggie. <laughs> and don't the you dare egg. be sour, Rusev.
because Rusev Day is never coming back. <laughs> it's the new day all the way. And I think... <laughs> Take Rusev Day seriously. Extra Super Bowl prediction that probably won't happen, but I would love to have happen. Then have Biggie be the sole survivor and win the match for Team SmackDown. Yeah, sorry, not happening. Okay. Uh... <laughs> Man, how fucking... Cars like... So then this, this would lead into my you know, grand theory that I put forth before, where then he would go on to challenge Jinder Mahal for the title. I think him mm. being the sole survivor would be like a nice launching point of him being like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm awesome. I should challenge for the world title. Good work. I brought SmackDown to victory. I deserve <laughs> to be the champion. I think that's a good line of thought. Doesn't that make sense? Like, yeah. like whoever on their respective brand wins that match, if there's a sole survivor, I think they should I, immediately be challenging for their title. I mean, what incentive do these guys have to be on these teams, right? Because like, a lot of them are have like teaming up with guys that they would be feuding with and like, mm-hmm. why should they care about their brand? And it's like, oh, well, wait, if you're on the team... And you win, and you're a survivor left, and you and you with your team won, then you get a title shot at whatever title you want. Mm-hmm. Done. Yeah. Then you have guys lining up out the door to be on the team. Yeah, because then you would actually have clear stakes. Because mm-hmm. yeah, it's like there's there's so many of these weird matches that happen sometimes that just don't have like clear stakes or any, like because like I mean so for example we had like the great. Finn Balor and AJ Styles match out of nowhere, but like that had no stakes. Actually, you know what? Even weirder, worse one, the Shield versus um, Mistaraj match and all them. Like even before the substitution of Kurt Angle, like there was no stakes to that match. They were just kind of like, yeah, fuck it. We we're... hate each other. We're gonna fight. Yeah, and it's like, don't you think for like TLC as a stipulation, shouldn't there be like something that you're trying to grab or like a stake or something like? You know, yeah, actually, that... could have been an interesting way that they could have done this. Would be like, what if they had put like Miz's Intercontinental title and then the Shields tag titles all on the line, and then the winning team gets all the titles? Like, obviously, yeah. you know, it's good that they didn't do that because everything got fucked up with Reigns not being in it. But that could have been like an interesting way to sell it because then, like, either the Bar would get the tag titles or Reigns would get the Intercontinental title. Yeah, and then um. It gives incentive for, like, why is Kane teaming up with them? Because that was never quite made clear, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's, like, I, the best motivation I could come up with, and this is a lot of fantasy booking, would be, like, is he coming out for, like, revenge against The Undertaker? Like, because Reigns beat up The Undertaker? Because <laughs> otherwise, it's just, like, why the fuck is this happening? Yeah. Like, Kane doesn't have any association with The Miz. <laughs> and had only a loose association with the shield yeah yeah see the only one out of them that he would really have any sensible beef with is as uh rollins from their time in authority mm-hmm. but uh you know they weren't really together yet so and then during the match comes up with the excuse well actually i wanted to get Strowman because he's been calling himself a monster it's like then why were you on the same team as him <laughs> yeah it's uh it's kind of silly because it's like, yep. you know, what would have actually made more sense is because the, he came back to interfere to make sure that Braun Strowman could stay in the match. So mm-hmm. shouldn't he have come back to cost Braun Strowman the match <laughs> so that then he could have a match with Braun Strowman? Uh, yeah, apparently. Like, wouldn't that have made a lot more fucking sense? It, 
anything would have made more sense. Yeah, there's just it's so I I've been recently as we've been starting to watch ROH and stuff like that. I was uh, doing a little bit of research on some things with New Japan, mm-hmm. and like so I knew like some of the yeah bare bones of some of the storylines uh, for like some of the long term characters and stuff like that. But like there was some shit that I've been looking at as far as like the continuity between some of these characters, like how long like the Tanahashi and like Okada feud like has just been going on. That's been on going how, on for like five years. Yeah, like, and how fucking just in-depth it is and how much continuity there is and how it's, like, dude, w, like, if you tried to be, like, all right, WWE, just try and do that. Like, try and replicate something like that. Their brains would fucking explode. Mm-hmm. It's, like, we cannot, we, we have no capacity for long-term booking and, like, it's it's so absurd. Well, because New Japan actually keeps guys for long-term. Like, they start them off as young boys <clears throat> and then bring them up through the system and turn them into main eventers. And so then you have a very long history between guys that, like, if they started around the same time, if when, like, one guy got up to the main roster, by the time another guy maybe got signed by New Japan and, like, started off on the main roster, like, you can have feuds there. They just have a lot more versatility. Yeah, well, because it's like... WWE has, like, those resources there. Like, they have these guys who have been in the company for a long time. But it's just, like, they have such a... I almost want to say it's, like, a fickleness. Like, it seems like Vince changes his mind on a dime on so many sorts of things. Don't you think? Oh, yeah. So then when he does this all the time, it, like, it just destroys continuity really, really bad. Because like I, he's so weirdly impulsive, like about really bad things, like really bad impulses. <laughs> and I feel but, like if he just had like a little bit more of like an appropriate patience for certain things, then it's like you know what, maybe there'd be a little more continuity to these things. Yeah, probably. If you know they they just plan better. And it's like, and so I stress this as a really important point for like continuity of like. So for example, on SmackDown, I think they're suffering really bad from a point of continuity in that. Like, the WWE title has been treated so badly by Jinder Mahal having this shitty title reign that, like, they constantly have to book around how shitty, like, he is. Like, he's constantly not having, like, he's not the main event for different things. He now is going to be going into a feud right now with AJ Styles, who he's constantly running away from and, like, can't beat. Even though AJ Styles was just the United States champion, which is the secondary title, and lost clean to Baron Corbin to retain that title. But then in the weird other sense of booking is like now Baron Corbin's getting his ass kicked by Sin Cara. So it's like, what the fuck is going on with the hierarchy of this show? Like who is a good wrestler and who's not like, there's no sense of continuity. Mm -hmm. And then like the value of titles are all over the place. And like the meaning of things don't like, what does it mean to be the WWE champion anymore? that WWE wants to try and, like, use you to market to a group? Not sure. I don't know. It's silly. It's very, very silly, and I do not like it. (laughs) Jinder Mahal needs to not be the WWE champion. He's bad. Ain't that the truth? Because it's like... 
would doesn't doesn't it not seem absurd to you that they actually bother even putting the the top title on guys who just cannot put together a wrestling match? Like who just are not good wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like that's just got to be a prerequisite, like as a bare minimum. And then of course also it's like you know all right then past that it would be really great if you can do your own promos and your character can do that. But if you need a manager, I can understand. But if you can't do a pro wrestling match and you are the champion you're supposed to be selling the brand selling the show selling the tickets and nobody wants to see you wrestle a match then why the fuck should you be the champion right i can't answer that <laughs> i mean i feel like it makes sense that like if you're the champion of a wrestling brand you need to be able to wrestle a interesting and compelling match uh-huh bare minimum Absolutely. I mean, you should, you should be able to do that just bare minimum as a wrestler. But I understand that maybe you're not the greatest yet. So if you're the champion, like, which is this kind of stamp that's supposed to say you are the best or one of the best that we have in this brand. Like, again, comparing this over back to, like, New Japan with, like, how well they've protected and used that IGWP title. Mm-hmm. Or IWGP. Jesus. Uh, like, over the last, like, four years or six years, I think they've only had, like, four guys have that title. And, like, they actually protect the guys that have it. <laughs> and that it means something. It like, you know, all these other guys go through so much shit to even just try and compete for it. Like, it's insane. And then just, like, over on SmackDown, it's like, oh, well, Jinder Mahal won one match to become the number one contender. And then he beat Randy Orton. And then there you go. He's just the champion now. Like, he's done nothing else in his entire career to earn anything. <laughs> but he's just, just out of nowhere. But then there you go. He's Indian. So he's the champion. <laughs> It's poo poo. Like two hundred five live. Woof. Where do you even start with two hundred five live this week? Uh, I just kind of want to skip it. <laughs> That's fair. We can just fucking skip it if you want to. Although I do want to talk about one rumor involving two hundred five live with you. Ah, I think I know the rumor you might be speaking of. Oh, ah, is it the potential rumor that Hideo Itami is on his way? Oh, not that one. Oh, well, that's the rumor I was thinking of. What do you think uh, of that? I like that one. The other rumor is that Rockstar Spud from Impact Wrestling is on his way to 205 Live. Huh. Okay. He was asked for, he asked for, and was granted his release from Impact Wrestling last week. Okay. And the rumor was that WWE had interest. You specifically, speak- specifically for 205 Live. Mm-hmm. So you think they're just trying to like gather up some guys to go against Senzo since they don't have anybody who can really cut promos against him? Pretty much. Or you say, I guess their problem is they don't really have any other like faces who can cut promos because like Drew Gulak is definitely starting to figure out himself as like a heel, but you know heel versus heel doesn't work. Because mm-hmm. I'm wondering with Hideo Itami, do you think that they would stick with him trying to be a heel, or do you think they would try and have him be like a face again? I think maybe start out as a face. I can see it. Because I, I think that their best route would be to kind of like try to have him be more of like a face, but almost be a little bit more of like a stern, kind of like he's still looking for respect kind of thing like he was doing at the end of his NXT. Mm-hmm. But then so then he could be kind of like this, um, almost like this no-nonsense baby face. 
Like he just sort of like comes in and you know maybe with the whole the whole respect thing, maybe he could translate that over to like respect for the cruiserweight division, and he thinks that maybe like Enzo doesn't respect it by being like a shit wrestler, and so he's coming back to like restore honor to the cruiserweights and like kick his ass and take the title. Could be. I could see that. I mean, fuck. What else are they gonna do with him? <laughs> they keep him down in nxt he'll probably just get injured again right seems to be like a cursed place for him yeah um but yeah what about rockstar spud what do you think about that i think he's a very entertaining character i think he could match enzo on the mic mm-hmm. um he is a strong mic worker it's just going to be getting into the WWE system whether that can translate from his impact days so we'll see well, hey, you know what? I mean, if you're going up against Enzo, it's like they're not really expecting a whole lot from a match standpoint, so he'll probably be fine. He should uh, have a good feud with uh, Jack Gallagher because they're both Englishmen. Oh. <laughs> Man, I don't, I don't know. This, I don't know what their thought process is with like Gallagher and Kendrick losing. I know we didn't want to talk about the rest of it, but like, like they they need to either like kill some motherfuckers or like go away for a little bit because after that loss that's pretty bad yeah <laughs> for kendrick and gallagher because they like they also lost the pay-per-view so it was like i don't know like they're turning heel and then him converting gallagher and then they just kind of lose all the time it's rough that it is that it is but not as rough as uh, yet another loss for poor Gargano <laughs> against uh, Fabian Eichner, who keeps impressing me. I like the dude. Yeah, I think he's got a sh- strong character so far, and I think it'll only improve. Well, I don't even know about his character, but at least his in-ring work with Eichner. True, yeah. Um, though he has been facing good in-ring opponents, so we'll see when he faces maybe a less than favorable person. That's true. Um, but yeah, I think they're doing the whole Johnny may go like defeated until he can face down his former tag team partner in Tommaso Ciampa. Yeah, because it's like he keeps going kind of like up and down a little bit because like he got the wins over uh, Riddick and Moss or Riddick Moss and um, Tino Sabatelli, but then he lost here to Eichner and he lost to um, Almas again. Yeah. So yeah, it's like he, he gets a little bit of momentum, but he can never really quite get going right now. But yeah, until Chapa comes back, obviously. Exactly. Um, although I don't know, it was, I was trying to think about it, and like I get that they want to go with McIntyre and that he's the guy and stuff like that. But I think it almost would have been like a little bit more interesting if, say, they had really committed to Gargano and tried to make him like say like they shot for him and he became the NXT champion and hold that until Chapa comes back and then Chapa's like gunning for him with the title. Because I feel like once Chapa comes back. Him and Gargano, like, that's going to be the feud in NXT. Yeah. Not about you, but I think that's going to be the feud for a little bit. I mean, it depends on what other feuds they have going on at the same time, but there there's would be, like, a top one. And I feel like with just, like, how intense that is and how NXT that is, like, I would really love for that to be for an NXT title feud. Like, I, I think it could be great without it. But I think it could just be that much better if it was also for that. Because, you know, then it's like, you know, you also feed on the extra level of that. It's like, oh, look, Johnny did have success on his own. And then Champa's jealous of it and is trying to come after him. 
I mean, I think you could also do that with, like, say, the Cruiserweight title or something, but... I don't know. Just, like, it's it's such an NXT story that I think it would be better to do it in NXT. Yeah. Because, like, as far as, like, I'm trying to think, like, with the different guys that are on that NXT roster who are actually, like, popular, like, those have got to be the one of the guys that have been there the longest. Because they've caught up a lot of guys the last couple of years. So, like, the guys that were down there were just, they're all gone now. And then yeah. pretty much everybody's on NXT TV hasn't been there for that long. I mean, one of the longest guys down there was, like, Tyler Breeze, right? Yeah, he was down there for a really long time until they finally brought him up. And then Ty Dillinger was, like, the perennial guy after that. And then, yeah, I feel like after that, maybe Jared Gargano might be one of the longest guys on TV. Maybe or maybe like no way, Jose. I don't know. He's been. There I mean, for a if he wasn't time. injured so much, Hideo Tommy. Uh, yep, actually, you know what? You're right. <laughs> Hideo Tommy's the guy. But yeah, how much of that time was a uh, you know out? Almost yeah, all of it. Like so, like if he's injured, he's not obviously advancing up. So. Right. But uh, we also got really at the end of this episode, we got the authors of Pain versus Sanity, which obviously got interrupted, and we got. A, I thought William Regal did a really cool job of announcing the War Games. Yes, he really hyped it up. Yeah, that was um, awesome. Well, just making out... because And they've done a good build-up of this, of, like, these teams, the three of them, haven't been able to just, like, have matches without being interrupted and, like, entering into chaos. So he just made the big deal. It's like, the only thing that can contain you guys is War Games. Mm-hmm. But did it in a very good fashion. Yeah, and he, he did it so good, like, building up the fact, like, this match hasn't been around for 20 years. It's like such a huge deal. The crowd popped so big for it. Mm-hmm. That was really awesome to see. And uh, so I also had another thought when I was watching the Authors of Pain this week. I think that uh, they would be perfect henchmen for Roman Reigns if they ever wanted to. Like, Oh, yeah, because they have the similar vests. Yeah, they got the flak jackets. Like, they look like they could be Samoan guys or whatever. Like, if they ever wanted to, you know, if the next time they break apart the shield, have it be that, like, Roman just gets rid of Seth and Dean. You could totally have Authors of Pain just come out and destroy him and replace him. Actually, you know what? That wouldn't be a bad idea. <laughs> I mean, what do you think about that? That would be a good idea, I think. Yeah. <clears throat> like, I don't know, like something happens. It could, oh. it could help Roman gain some heat if he's going to turn heel. So. Oh, this, this is how you do it. The Shield finally loses their first match as a unit. And then oh. that's what leads Roman to be like, you know what? Fuck you guys. You're the dead weight. And you're holding gets, me back. Yup, and gets rid of both of them and brings in the authors of pain as their replacements. Ooh. Ooh, I want that. Can I have that, Joe? Can I please have that? Yes, you can have it. All right. Thank you. Thank you for letting me at least have this in my fantasy land. Where things that I want can happen. <laughs> you're you're very welcome. Can Lucha Underground come back too? <laughs> that I don't know about. I can't guarantee that one. Oh man. Alright. Hey. At least that. At least the Roman Empire can finally happen. <laughs> like how Does the, f- the Roman Empire make you happy? How the fuck are they never gonna do that? That is so that's a gimme. I wanted the fucking Roman Empire with the Usos and Samoa Joe. I did too. 
But man, after this point, like Samoa Joe's getting so over on his own, and the Usos are getting fucking over on their own. True. That that was when <laughs> now, they could have done it. Now the other two parts of that component are like, nope, we're doing fine on our own. Yeah, now Reigns would just be dragging all those guys down. <laughs> That's the sad part, right? <laughs> He's the dead weight. He's the dead weight. <laughs> or maybe maybe uh, he tries to turn it on Seth and Dean, and then they turn it back on him. And then like them and the Authors of Pain form a four-man supergroup and just <laughs> just kill Roman Reigns. <laughs> You're the dead weight. <laughs> Give us back your Kevlar vest. And they all just come out wearing the Kevlar vest and Roman Reigns has to wear his bare chest and he's like got a little bit of a gut. Oh my god, it's like the WCW and Booker T had to fight for the letter T. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Instead it's a fight for the vest. Oh my god. Oh yeah, they just they just hang a bunch of vests from the ceiling and it's like a ladder match. You gotta get the vests. Oh my gosh. That'd be so stupid. <laughs> Uh, I was going to go uh, from, so did you hear a couple weeks ago, there was a uh, a promo that Cody, Cody Rhodes cut against Roman Reigns. I think we talked at least a little bit about it because he was calling out, calling him out about like the whole um, selling out like a hundred thousand seat arena thing. Mm-hmm. And he was taking a shot at Reigns saying that like, you know, I thought that the, uh, the jacket, like the Kevlar vest was just Should hiding, have protected like, you. Or, like, was hiding a, a gut, but it hides oh. that you're just a coward. Something like that. Like, some sort of shot like that. But just, I don't know. I like that he's, I like that Cody Rhodes is being ballsy and, like, really going after other promotions and, like, you know, trying to expand Ring of Honor and, like, take shots at other guys. And, like, in his match, like, this week when he had the match against, um, oh, shit. Scorpio Sky. Scorpio Sky. Like, he was doing all the Daniel Bryan stuff. Yes. Then the yes chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I can't remember, was this on the, the actual video of the match, because I, I read about it afterwards, was, uh, did you hear about the Stardust chant? Oh, I did not see that. Okay, so they edited out of the episode, um, I found it online, it's, uh, they started a Stardust chant, and Cody flipped off a fan. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I, I, that's good, too. that's good stuff. I'm trying to remember what else they showed on that because I because I feel like I remember they bleeped out something from like a visual standpoint. So I I don't know if he just did like another flip off spot in the match or maybe if I just missed the start. Maybe that chance. was it. Like because it might have just been like I missed it. Maybe they muted the audio and he still just flipped them off and I just yeah. And they just yeah because I can't imagine ROH has too many like editing options with these episodes. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but we also got. Uh, Jonathan Gresham defeating TKO Ryan um, with basically everyone down at ringside. You had the Kingdom, you had the Metter City Machine Guns, and Cody on commentary as well. Yeah, um, so, so remind me, is was uh, Adam Cole was the guy who was in charge of the Kingdom before, right? Yes. Did he and then, create that group, or was he just in charge of it? He created that group. It was him and... Oh, um... I'm blanking on his name. He would, came over to WWE, but they haven't done anything with him. Uh, Maria. Oh, uh, uh, Mike Bennett. Yeah. It was him, Mike Bennett, and uh, the guy who's running the kingdom now. I'm also forgetting his name. Uh, Matt Taven, I want to say? Yes, Taven. So it was the three of them. Mm-hmm. 
And so Cole led that group. Um, then he left Ring of Honor. Uh, and now he's yeah. leading Undisputed. So Now he's leading Undisputed. And then Taven, so then Bennett also left, and then Taven was left with the kingdom. Well, actually, he was injured and then came back, and they were like, we don't have anything else for you, so he just picked up the kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I... Uh... One other thing I wanted to mention, at least about like the Cody kind of like trying to get more exposure and different things like that. Yeah, did you hear about what's going on with his wife? Uh, she's on some kind of show. I did not read on what the show is. Yeah, it's like um, I think it's Wives and Girlfriends of Atlanta or something mm. like that. Like she's going to be on one of those E shows. I saw it was like WG of A, and I was like, mm-hmm. WG? Like, what's that? So, Wives and Girlfriends of Atlanta. Okay. Yeah, I had to look it up because I didn't know either. <laughs> but I was just like, what the fuck is... Well, it's like, hey, whatever. It's a show that's on TV. That's good. Get him some more exposure. Get, like, yeah, maybe the company a little more exposure. Just, it's like, I feel like there's, like... So, there's there's a saying in history, especially in, like, history classes and stuff like that, where, like, you know, an empire kind of falls inch by inch, or, like, you lose certain battles inch by inch. Uh-huh. Like, I think WWE, if they're not careful, they're starting to lose some of these battles inch by inch. And, like, I don't know, man. It's I I could see it, I think, maybe in, like, the next 10, 20 years. Like, maybe WWE is not the top dog in wrestling anymore. Or maybe, like, it's legitimately competitive between, like, them and someone else. Like, look at how many more guys have, like, legitimate options for, like, where they can make money now. And, like, how much WWE keeps losing its audience. And... Yeah, I mean, they're definitely, they're not in the best position, so. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's like, you know, obviously their hugest, you know, most ridiculous advantage they have right now is the fact that Vince has much deeper pockets than any other promotion. That's his advantage, right? Yeah. That... And also the global spread. Right. And, yeah, so obviously, I guess, like, there's, right, you said, there's the global spread to some of it. But I think, you know, even more so, it's the deep pockets. And I want to throw the analogy that it's like, hey, you know what? Ted Turner had the deepest pockets. But, you know, in the end, that didn't win him the day. So I think Vincent WWE needs to be careful. Yeah, it's smart running and deep pockets that get you. Right. Because it's like, you know, just it, it, it's a win. if you could combine these sorts of things, because like, you know, WWE has so much fucking money, but like all these guys in the independents is like they're I mean, with like ROH and New Japan, I think right now, they're doing some shit that's really fucking smart. Like they're doing really good wrestling. They're getting the fans like insanely loyal to their product and like just rabid for it. And they're not like stretching themselves too thin. They're not... Mm-hmm. Uh, like, yeah, overexposing themselves, things like that. And they're growing. Like, New Japan is thinking about, like, expanding into America and shit. Like, these these companies and these things are on the rise. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know. I, I think it could continue. Especially because, like, here's the thing. is like, with WWE, with the... Well, I don't know. I, I, I was about to say something, but I counter my own argument. So I'm just going to shut myself off. So I was going to say, like, what if a few really key guys left? But it's like, but that's how WWE structures it, that they don't need anybody. So they can just plug somebody else in. Yeah. Because, like, that would be the thing you would think, right? Would be, like, the big shift moment is, like, if a certain big person jumps ship. 
And then it's like, like if Daniel Bryan, for example, comes out of retirement, WWE is not going to let him wrestle. And then he goes somewhere else, like over to Ring of Honor. Like, maybe that would be the kind of guy that like could really push the momentum. Oh, absolutely. It'd be a huge <clears throat> shift in momentum for ROH. That'd be exciting. Wouldn't that be insane? Like, can you, cause, like, if that actually happened and, like, ROH, for example, like, if we're just going to use that as the example, let's say ROH got big enough to be competitive with WWE, wouldn't that be, like, an insane story for, like, Daniel Bryan as just, like, a guy in wrestling? Because, like, then it's not just a, holy shit, like, he came out and, you know, did a really great job in WWE and was really popular and got the fans behind him, but that, like, he was a guy who, like, changed the fucking industry. Like, if he led the independents to, like, take over and become competitive. <laughs> That'd be crazy. Yeah, and uh, it would definitely cement his legacy, right? That yeah. he shit. led the independents, went to WWE, made his name there, and then went back to the independents and led the charge against WWE again. Mm-hmm. That would be insane. Yeah, so that then it's like him and Cody Rhodes are leading the charge. In oh, ROH, God. Like, because that, that, that would be, like, I would almost imagine a really great central feud they would run would be Cody Rhodes as the heel against the returning Daniel Bryan as the babyface. Yeah, as the, I left WWE before you, I've been slugging my way on the independence, you just waltz in now and think you can run the place kind of a thing. I think even worse than that, if you want to get some real heel heat, basically say that it's like, hey, look, the reason that I don't wrestle in WWE is because I left. The reason you don't wrestle is there because you can't. And I know that head of yours is not as good as you say it is. And there's a reason that they won't clear you. And I'll take you out of the business for good. Like, that sort of shit. That's the heel thing I'd want to see Cody Rhodes to go for. Say he's going to retire Daniel Bryan. Send him home to his little girl Birdie and Bree. Go back to being a little kept house husband. Like a little garden gnome you are. Like something like that. That sort of shit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I prefer my heels to be really vicious. Like, like talked, when I talked about several like weeks ago. Like back in the like, old days. Yeah, like that. Or that like, yeah, would, no, I won't even go. Because Bray Wyatt just makes me sad. I, won't, <laughs> I was going to talk about like, remember weeks ago when he was talking about how like he murdered people in a promo? Oh, yeah. It was like, oh, that's good. Like you're talking about actual dangerous psychotic shit. That's great. <laughs> that's how heels should be. <laughs> I would love that. Uh, I would love it a lot more than fucking uh, Coleman's pulpit. I, that that I thought was really bad. I don't know. He, what did he you takes think? that character uh, too far sometimes, I think. Well, I'm, I'm even, like, just the fucking setup of how awkward it was. They were sitting just like right next to each other looking at the camera. Like, you can't just get two cameras and tilt your chairs so then you're actually kind of looking at each other and the cameras. Yeah. I don't know, it just felt, like, so unnatural, and just, like, yeah, that guy, well, too, Coleman, was, like, really bad. That That's where you do see the differences in WWE and ROH. ROH is still working on their um, product, so to speak. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, their production value? That's it. Yeah. Well, because uh, that's, that's where the money comes in. The fact yeah. that WWE has so much more money, they can put a lot more money into that thing. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that was bad. I was just like, 
I don't know. That's that's almost a level bad. It's like you guys could have fixed that. Come on, like, <laughs> come on, guys. This isn't just bad budget. This is just like somebody doesn't know what they're doing. <laughs> um, but I I really appreciated the main event, the addiction versus Kushida and Jay Lethal because they had a real tag match. <laughs> they actually tagged in and out. And... They actually tagged in and out, like. The whole time I kept waiting, I was like, all right, when's this going to turn into bullshit? And it never did. They actually, I have to say, Ring of Honor does usually, in the two versus two tag matches, more often than not, they stick to the rules. It's Mm. the three on three are usually the ones that just end in disaster. Uh, But two on two, they will sometimes devolve into the madness, but most times they can stay. Uh, they can keep in it check. in their pants when it's two on two. Yes, <laughs> that's good. Got to show at least uh, a little that was, that was a great match, though. Yeah, I thought that was a really solid TV main event. There, I liked it. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think if there was anything else I want to talk about this week other than the uh, releases. Was oh yeah, that ha- I forgot about the releases. It feels like weeks ago. I know, right? Well, because with two of them, with Darren Young and Summer Rae, it was like, oh, well, I kind of forgot you guys were still with the company. <laughs> so it was a bad uh, time, but yeah, the Emma one was definitely the big deal. It sounds like she kind of wanted it too. Yeah, it sounds like she was definitely, I, I feel like you could definitely tell even on TV, she was frustrated. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it definitely sounds like for whatever reason too, like management was really just kind of fucking dumb. And you know what? I, I hadn't thought about this initially, but somebody else pointed this out to me that I think makes sense with the way that they booked her and stuff too, with how competitive she was with Oscar and her matches This this is probably like a really late decision. Like they probably weren't sitting on this for a long time thinking they were going to get rid of her. Yeah. Cause they, they were, wouldn't they give her just... the offense that right. she got if they. Exactly. So. I'm wondering if even there was like an additional, like maybe there was just like one more last bat stage segment. Cause it, the reports are saying that I guess like there was just a lot of difficulty and she was pissing off like one or two of the writers or I don't know, some sort of backstage drama shit. And you know, maybe it's just one more little backstage drama moment. And it's like, all right, you know what? Fuck it. We're done. <laughs> yeah. We don't have to deal with this shit. So cause WWE is so petty. It's ridiculous, dude. And if, as if not to exacerbate it so much more, did you see the whole uh, thing with Leo Rush? Yeah. With oh my god. Like he just he all right he he made a shitty attempt at a joke and it didn't it, it didn't pan well it 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 fell flat and it was like I get that it's you know slightly insensitive because with but like it wasn't even like that the thing that he said was that insensitive he was actually I felt like he was trying to almost be in character. You know what I mean? Like, like almost yeah. react to it in character of like, oh wow, like holy shit, like maybe actually turn it That's into something what you instead get. of it just being nothing. And then, so it's like, all right, so he does that. He tries to make a joke. It didn't go over very well. And I get that, like a lot of other random social justice warrior people started jumping on him and shit like that on Twitter. But then the thing that I found way more disgusting was how many fucking wrestlers were just turning on him and just saying all this crazy shit to him and just, like, pointing out to him. It's like, man, look at this fucking guy. Because, like, 
the the couple of people that like maybe like the Peyton Royces because I think I saw her put up something that was a little bit more of like a wow like I can't like this is very unprofessional sort of thing it's like okay I get it that's the sort of level of criticism that was good to put out there to kind of let him know that it's like hey you shouldn't have done that that was kind of stupid because that's the level where it should be and that's where it should end yeah. if somebody should have said to him it's like hey that was kind of stupid uh you shouldn't do that again bad timing like I get what you were trying to do but you shouldn't have done it <laughs> yeah but then you had like people like Gallagher going after him for like only being in NXT I mean, it's just like Right. Yeah, you're down in developmental. Wait till you get up onto the main roster. And I kind of want to point out, I'm like, dude, you're on 205 Live. Like, Yeah, it's like, dude, you're you're barely relevant at yeah. all. Uh, and it's just, it's so, so it was like the things like with him saying that, and then I think it was, it might have been Ricochet, it might have been somebody else who just basically just pointed out a thing. It was just like a, wow, look at this idiot. And it's just it pisses me off because it's like this uh, like a s- example of like this virtual signal or uh, virtue signaling, jeez can't talk. That is just like super rampant in our culture right now. This like call out culture, where it's like yeah, everybody's like so everybody on... jump on someone mm-hmm. who's down. Right, it's like this this constant like everybody's like watching everybody else to make to see when somebody else falls down so they can all just jump on them like a pack of hyenas. Like it's just really gross. Because, like, who the fuck does that benefit? No one. Like, him him doing this little thing that should have just been resolved with a, somebody backstage being like, hey, like, yo, that was a little dumb. You know, it was a little insensitive. I get it. Just, like, don't do it again next time. Like, you know, just a little more caution. But then now, because all these people did all this shit and draw more attention to it, and dealt, like, this could fucking sink his career before it even starts. Because that's just, WWE is so petty like that. Yeah. And it's just... A fucking damn shame because it was like you know seemed like a really great prospect mm-hmm. and now he's probably fucking doomed <laughs> i think he can come back from this I, you know what if this weren't wwe i would say you're right <laughs> but this is wwe and if if because i mean the rumor is that then there's actually backstage heat now so it's not just you know yeah but he's Twitter being down and developmental like right so <laughs> So just be like, all right, fuck him. Whatever, we got like 200 guys down here. I don't know. I it's I don't know. I may be paranoid about it, but I feel like poor I, I Leo think you're might being be paranoid about it. But man, Dolph Ziggler's career just sank ever since he talked shit about Cena that one time. Yeah, but he's done other stuff too. And I get some of it is out of frustration, but... Like, I think he, he has pushed the buttons, like, too much sometimes. I don't know. Maybe. I, I want to think you're right. I'll pretend that you're right. <laughs> to make myself feel uh, better. <laughs> I'm always right, so. Well, I don't know about that, because uh, guess who's still the super smart champion? All right, so that's about all we have for this week. <laughs> yeah, so that's it for this week. Check us out on our social media. Um, I know I've kind of been lacking in that area so i will get that back get back more on it uh Ooh, you know what you totally should post. because guess what i did this week what did you do i made a new logo ah so with the debut of a new logo we will actually use our social media <laughs> <laughs> facebook super smart brothers twitter at smart brothers super smart brothers at gmail.com and rate review and subscribe to this podcast on 
iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and our original home of Podbean.